Hi, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to Quenta Quenta Podcast. Angela here. And this is KP. my mango juice and kare kare <laughs> that's what do you dope have? actually so at the counter i thought about going like really big actually so i ended up getting some kuchinta and it's right in front of me oh my gosh. oh man and he it's super good and sweet. Right i really do I'm, I'm literally I'm, eating it right now i'm very jealous <laughs> but hey kp did i tell you about the time i played a dog on broadway what wait what yeah. you played a dog you know no you can't play it you don't play dogs like well that on... is what i did because i have range it's it's something that only talented actors have and it's called range i see so, let me tell you this story i was in college it's um I didn't play a dog in college. I, this is just the beginning of my story. <laughs> it's I a method had, acting role right I, there. I, I know that had a little bit of... That sounded... Okay, you know what? This is a Christian podcast also, so I'm not going to even make that connection. <laughs> let's not make um, any connections like that. Let's not make any connections. Um, so, yes. When I was in college, I was about 20 years old. And, mm -hmm. and here's the thing about me. I'm, I'm very inexperienced in the romance department. So... When I was 20 years old, I had never kissed a guy at that point in my life. Mm. So I was auditioning for this play in college and lo and behold, the scene required me to kiss my scene partner. So when I found out, I was like, can, can this not happen? Can, can, can I avoid this in, in some way? Yeah. I'm so sorry. I... I was told by the the casting. Who was that guy? That that guy who who the guy who assigns scenes to people at the audition. I asked him, "Is this necessary? Like, do I actually have to kiss him?" And he's like, "No, you don't have to, but it's it's up to you." So I turned to my <coughs> scene partner. We can call my scene partner hmm, just for me. Let's call him Bob. <laughs> so I told my scene partner Bob. Hey, I don't feel comfortable kissing you in this audition mm -hmm. that I for a play that I'm not even going to be paid for. <laughs> if I was going to be paid for this, then it would have been a different um different situation, but that's what it is and and <laughs> Bob, the type of person Bob was, he was just very over overhyped. He was like, you know, you you know, you gotta give it a hundred percent to your to your roles. You gotta, you gotta, you know, you have to give it all. You give it your all. Give it your all. And I was like, okay, first of all, chill. <laughs> Second of all, I told him straight up. I was like, you know what? I've never kissed anyone before, so I don't want this to be my first kiss. I didn't care if he was hurt by that because, to be honest, Bob mm -hmm. was not by any means anyone that I wanted to kiss Dang. in real life. Or in in an imaginary life. <laughs> so not even fake life. Not, not even, even fake digital. life. Not no and no life. Not even his creative character. <laughs> <laughs> so 
I, I didn't tell him that part, but I was just like, I, I'm just, I'm not comfortable with this. Mm-hmm. So he was like, okay, but you know, we can do like a fake one. And by fake, it means like he put his thumb over my chin and then he kissed his own thumb. I was like, you know what? I don't want you anywhere near my face. <laughs> so how about in lieu of kissing, let's just please hug. Can we just hug? Like, I love giving hugs. Mm-hmm. Actually, I don't love giving hugs, but I would rather give a hug. Anyways, so Bob was very disappointed in me. He was just like, you know what? You, If you want to be a real actor, you got to give it your all. And he kept saying, give it your all. Give it. I'm like, you know what? No. I don't, I don't know, man. That sounds, like I, a, that sounds like a line right there. I know. And then later <clears throat> on, like after the audition, first of all, the audition went as you would expect uh, an audition to go between two actors who, well, two actors who don't like each other, having to pretend to like each other. So, I, end of the day, I didn't get that role. But right after the audition, he was telling me like, you know what, the the guy who assigned scenes is my friend, and he asked me like, you know what, this scene um, requires you to kiss a girl. So, is there anyone in this room that you want to kiss? And he was, and he told me like, you know what, I went up to him and I was like, you know, what? I picked that girl. As if I'm supposed to be flattered about this. So when he told me that, I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> but he was like, he acted like, like he gave me a badge of honor just because he wanted to kiss me. <laughs> Could have had any other girl. <laughs> I know. I was like, you. Of all the gin so- joints in all the world. <laughs> you're you're the reason why that I'm put into this awkward position. But anyways, that audition just made me realize, like, he there. Even though Bob was a little bit crazy, he had some truth to what he was saying in that acting will acting will require you to go beyond mm-hmm. what is required of you. Like uh, in in layman's terms, put you out of your comfort zone. So I made that decision that I needed to take a break from acting and gather some of my own life experiences. Not just kiss a guy, but just to grow up a little bit because I felt I feel like as an actor or at least the actors that I'm intrigued by they have this sort of presence to them that yeah they've lived life and they felt things and that's what makes them compelling to watch so I wanted that for me yeah. and I also wanted my own my own life so to speak so I quit acting for a bit and I went into special education and that gave me so much growth just being a teacher mm-hmm. props to all the teachers out there who are just killing themselves for their students and for the teaching like the classroom teaching in the classroom environment first of all is very stressful and whoever is still doing that to to this day i applaud you I want to take that time to applaud you applaud all teachers and eventually mm-hmm. I found a guy to kiss and the kiss was so anticlimactic like oh <laughs> but it was like the moment itself though was nice like it was snowing we were like in a in a park in Union Square it was very oh like the setting gosh. was nice but the kiss itself mm-hmm. was like oh by the way like this these stories make it seem like I I'm like not attracted to men because all the men that I've encountered <laughs> are like subpar but that's not true Anyways. <laughs> but that the, the men were subpar or that not all men are subpar? Not all men of subpar, but the ones there you that go. Jesus but has the introduced ones... me thus far has been. <laughs> yeah, anyways, he's, trying to, he's trying to teach you not to settle, that's why. 
Oh, truth. Truth to that. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, like, as I finished up my master's degree and I learned many lessons, I realized, you know what? I think I'm ready to go back to acting. I miss it. Um, I think I can offer a lot to it. I feel like I've grown up enough that I am ready to put myself out there again. Mm-hmm. So I put myself out there again. I got a headshot. I signed up for all of these acting databases, backstage.com, Actors Access, everything. I really put myself out there. I went to auditions, you know, got rejected as you do. But I did get my first yes in acting. Nice. And it was for an off-Broadway production of Wizard of Oz. And I got the role of Toto. <laughs> Wait, hold on. That is how. That Toto. Is how, Toto, the the essential character of the Wizard of Oz. I mean, the most essential, the most perfect, the most, the most compelling character of the Wizard of Oz. Funny story okay. about Wizard of Oz. <laughs> I hate the Wizard of Oz. First of all, I really hate the Wizard of Oz. I hate the movie. Ever since I was a little girl, dang, it was Santa Claus and Wizard of Oz are the two things that I hated and <laughs> I preached about in front of my friends because those dang. are the things that my friends loved: Santa Claus and and the Wizard of Oz. Wait, and the, I hated both. The Tim Allen Santa Claus, like Santa Claus. Every every, every every Santa Claus version that you can think of: the Macy's Santa Claus, the dang. Santa Claus on a Christmas card. If you say, "Oh, what does Santa give you for Christmas?" I would say nothing because Santa Claus doesn't exist. You Ooh. little girl. Ooh, so- <laughs> it's that kind of this, podcast. Okay. This podcast. Okay. I will this podcast not sponsored by the podcasts. North Pole. <laughs> <laughs> I will redeem myself in future podcasts. Okay. This, this first of all, this this story does not make me look like. A but anyways. Um. I didn't audition for The Wizard of Oz. Okay. I auditioned for another play that I obviously it was that was more dramatic and more serious. And but the casting director of that play was the same casting director as The Wizard of Oz. Mm. So I guess she just looked at me and was like, "You know you what? Like you would be a good dog." <laughs> <laughs> but it was so much fun to play a dog. Okay. I got to go on my hands and knees and bark my 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 line was woof woof he's there like that was my my ticket to a tony award and um so yeah that was the the time i played a dog in broadway it's a good story yeah it was it was a lot of fun but um yeah just a caveat, I do like men and I do like children. Okay. <laughs> and I do not want to destroy the dreams of children, but you gotta <clears throat> just tell them some truth. Santa mm. Claus does not exist. Mm. You're still eating your cochinta. Oh my gosh. <laughs> no, it was a good story. Like you had me on pins and needles the entire time. I had to eat to, to help concentrate. <laughs> that being said though, like um, I mean, in, in in lieu of what you're talking about, I think I, I think you, you kind of really introduced a really good um a really good topic, especially for uh, creatives, that um, a lot of times um, I don't think it gets overlooked. But I, I feel like um, a lot more creatives could could do um, to do well. At least when you're starting out, 
it's the idea of paying your dues. You know that saying, right? Yeah. Yeah, and it's just there's there's a certain there's a certain thing about like there's a certain tinge around it uh, when you tell someone it's like, hey, you got to pay your dues, and like if you if you've ever been creative in anything, whether it's acting, uh, whether it's any kind of art form, poetry, spoken word, um, um, if if you've done like um, graphic design or or any any kind of art or any kind of art form, um, a lot of times people will tell you it's like, well. You got to pay your dues first. Like you're not going to be that good now or you're not going to be noticed now. You got to pay your dues. Um, I guess I'll start the conversation like this. What does that that term paying your dues, uh, what does that usually mean to you or what is what has it meant to you? I think it just means for me, it's enduring all of the rejection mm -hmm. and still pulling through. I think part of paying your dues, especially as an actor, is just dealing with accepting the no's and then moving on because you'll hear no's mm -hmm. like pretty much for every yes there's like a thousand no's <laughs> no exaggeration mm -hmm. so um it's starting small like accepting whatever comes to you is even if it's a role as a dog on a play that you hate <laughs> you know it's but it, it could lead you to so many different places. Like mm -hmm. I've, I've made, I've met some nice people in, in playing Wizard of Oz and, um, and with the theater company that I worked with, like I still audition with them and it's good to like, be like, Hey, I was in one of your plays and maybe I can be in another one where I play a human being this time, you know? So it's just accepting. <laughs> maybe I can play a human this time. What yeah, do you think, maybe. guys? What do you think, guys? <laughs> or at least a bigger dog? <laughs> like, maybe a horse this time. Maybe a horse? No, like... A horse? Upgrade a little Upgrade. bit? Um, but yeah, that, what about you as a poet and as a writer? What does that mean to you, paying your dues? I'll say a lot, like, uh, uh, kind of on my end, um, it's definitely the same thing. It's just like, you got to get that rejection. Um, I think as a as kind of like an onstage live performer as well, too, a lot of times it also means you got to get better at your craft and a lot and 99% of getting it better at your craft is performing your craft um, as a poet, especially as a spoken word poet. I've heard my stuff from when I was doing spoken word poetry back in 2013 and I see the, the poetry that I do on stage now, like as the latest would be like 2000, 2019, like late 2018 and even like, well, I mean, I couldn't do it now because of COVID, not live at least. That being said, like I see my performance value has gotten better because I've done it more. Um, uh, really great shout outs to um, a, a mentor a mentor of mine when I was um, publishing my book. His name is A Cold Piece. And um, he would always give, um, in terms of performance, in terms of spoken word, he'd always give the advice of just like, you, you, you never memorized your work enough. Like you never memorized your poem enough. You've never memorized um, like your stanzas enough. You've never memorized how to deliver it enough. Um, so it's just like, oh, like I know this this poem backwards and forwards. I was like, do you really know it backwards? Like recite it backwards. It's like, see, you can't because you don't know it enough. And you also meant like, like you haven't performed it enough. A lot of times, um, a lot of performances they they tend to um, uh, they tend to morph. Uh, every single time you do you do a work um, and the more work you do the more you know where your work is going so a lot of times like for me what's um like uh, putting in the work and paying your dues really means to me it's just like you need to get enough experience 
to be valid in your craft because I've seen so many people like they're just yeah. like, hey, I'm a poet. I'm like, well, how long have you been a poet? I've been a poet for three months. I'm like, you haven't paid your dues yet, man. Like <laughs> you have not, you have not gone to gone to enough open mics. You have not done the networking and they could be gusto. And honestly, I've seen poets that are just like, like, you know, they just started poetry and they started writing. They had a little bit of background. Maybe they did some rap before or something like that. Or like they did like rap in high school or something like, or they thought they were rapping and then they really just went. And I've seen people like, like they blow up in a year. But the thing is, each and every day, they were paying their dues. They were going to open mics. They were going um, and going to writing sessions. They were going with their mentors. They were doing like ride-alongs to different open mics on the weekends or during the week. Um, they were picking the brains of everyone. Like they're busy all the time and they're up on that mic and they're knowing that they suck so that when they finally get their first feature, like someone actually wants to pay them for, for their craft, then they're ready to deliver. And And that to me... That's what like really paying your dues is also um, on, on this aspect. And I, I mean, I'd imagine other, other aspects, like I have comedian friends that talked about paying their dues in terms of just like, you know, the, you have to get, you have to get that rejection, like that one set that like bombs and you need to, you need to hit that and get through it in order for you to actually like be good at your craft. So I know it's different from everyone, but for me, that's, that's what paying your dues is. It's just like, you need to put in the work so that when you get up on stage, like, like, you're not, oh, uh, you're not crap. I'll say it that way. <laughs> like, because I've seen, I've seen it on stage when like, they don't know their ish. They're still reading from their phone. I was like, yo, you need to pay your dues, man. You're not supposed to, like, I've seen people do features and there's like, oh, he's the featured artist. I'm like, he has like all these papers everywhere. He's disorganized. And then he's asking, um, he's asking the audience. So what do you guys want to hear? What the freak? Like you're the you're featured. Like you tell us what do we want to hear. Like you're the one that's so professional. You tell us what the professional poem's about, and then like and and being able to command the crowd. So I was like, yeah. So that that to me is what paying dues is. Yeah, that's what do you think about people who do you measure it in terms of work produced or experience studying your craft? Because there can be some people who've never published a book, but then can say, but I have a degree in creative writing. Oh, we had you know? a conversation but, like this, like, like yes. off, yeah, off, off pod. So what do you think about that? Um, like, is it based on quantity of production or is it study or what? I mean, I think a part of it's based on the production you want to do. So some people, so there are some people who are poets but probably will never, like, not really never, but, like, they're not meant to be, like, you know, like the slam poets. It's fine. I've met great poets out there that read their stuff on stage, but they command the presence because they paid their dues in other respects. So I have one of my favorite poets. Um, we used to be in my class. Now she's blowing up in, like, the whole Korean and Korean-American circuit. Her name is Tanya Hong. Mm. And she is incredibly dope. Yet you see her poetry, and the one thing I like about her poetry is that um, it's not necessarily made for recitation. Like you're not supposed to recite it necessarily; you're supposed to read it. And the one thing I really love about her poetry is like when you when you see it on paper, it is so elegant. The beats are all there, but it's not necessarily supposed to be recited. Um, some 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 slam poets i'm like you can't write you can't write it on paper like they have so many hooks and so many different things i'm like you miss it because you need to hear 
the way that they pronounce it. You need to hear the way that they deliver it. And then there's more poetry in delivery than there are in than there is in the content that they're that they're delivering, which is fine too. I think a lot of times when you talk about um, like putting in that work, you need to know what kind of work you're producing. It was a struggle that I still go through. Like what kind of like I I tend to be a jack of all trades. Like right now, like I'm. I'm, I'm doing the whole streaming circuit and trying to be a streamer online and create content there. But then I've also done some of the YouTube game. I've also done some of the writing game. I, pr I produced a book and, pr and published it. So I'm kind of a jack of all trades, master of none. But it would bode well for me if I like had one good thing. And I'm, I am still definitely looking for that. I, I know performance and entertainment is, one of, is, is definitely down that line. I mean, like, I mean, I, I'll ask you the same question. Like, in terms of that, like... <clears throat> Like, like, what is what what does that work look like? Like, in 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 terms of the actor's perspective, like, um, like, what does that what does what does the work look for for you? Maybe personally, or also like, what kind of recommendations would you tell other actors, actresses that are going into the field? Like, like, what type of work are they gonna have to expect um to get through in order for them to be like, okay, I put in the work now, like I could expect um like a more professional like you know people to treat me more professionally what kind of work are you looking for i think that's a really good question because i had such a different perception of what being a professional actor looks like and it's nothing that i've expected i thought that if i took enough classes if i studied acting enough if i basically if i've just become a better mm -hmm. actor then more opportunities will come to me and it's that's probably like 5% of the mm. work. It's really about the people that you know. So I would say put in more efforts in networking, getting to know other people, but also branding yourself in a way that's professional and also kind of like a niche. So if, you're, if you have a certain type that people typecast you as, then try to market on that. <laughs> and not to say like, I would have to brand myself as a dog because people see me as a I dog not. or like an animal. <laughs> I really hope not. <laughs> but maybe someone's people see me more as this comedic person or someone who's more for children or I don't know, whatever. I don't know. But try to find that and then find your be more professional. Mm -hmm. I feel like casting directors they they rate you on the quality of your self tape rather than your talent in the self-tape really it does it are you filming in a shady area of Dang. your room christian podcast though have... hey yeah christian podcast <laughs> excuse me i'm sorry i'm sorry to our listeners this is not who i am <laughs> no she's just feeling it yeah it's she's just feeling it right now it's like <laughs> it's just for for this podcast but yeah hot, hot takes your professionalism yeah. your presentation and who you know is really but I want to go back a bit to sure. what you um, talked about. You said that your friend was famous in the Korean-American circuit. And sure. I just want to know what that means. Because I love everything Korean. Like, Bong Joon-ho, the, the director yes. of Parasite. I'm, like, obsessed with it. Have mm -hmm. you seen Parasite? I still... Isn't it on Netflix? I canceled my Netflix. It's on account. Hulu. It's on Hulu. That's what it was. That's why I couldn't watch yeah. it. Um, I haven't. Yeah, yet. I would give you my Hulu password. Like you gotta watch it. I really want to watch it. I really do. You gotta watch it. It's like yeah. it's so <clears throat> good. Like, and 
my mom doesn't get it. My mom was like, yeah. no, this this movie's corny. And she mm-hmm. loves Korean movies. Like, so it wasn't it wasn't that. It was just a story mm-hmm. stuff. But I love Parasite because it really I don't wanna give it away, but No, yeah, no, not please don't I'm not, I'm, <laughs> I'm not gonna give it away, but I feel like it really speaks to because this is the this is the story mm-hmm. anyway, so it's not like a spoiler. Sure. But it just it really speaks to wanting to succeed, and wanting to, um, move up. Yeah. In a way, and they and and the director does that so well with the staircases. There's a lot of staircase scenes sure. in Parasite, so you'll see like like the poor family lives in the basement, and the rich family they have a lighted automatic lights yeah. staircase, sure. whatever. So it's it's really and as like someone who's a daughter of immigrants, that's really like that like again, not to spoil anything, but mm-hmm. it I feel like that movie just so captured that that wanting to move up. Move up. Like just wanting to move up for your parents and for yeah. your family. So <clears throat> well, in, yeah. In that sense, like, so you asked, like, Tanya Hong. One one thing I really like about her is she is a master networker. But I think she is in this in that sense because she knows who her network is. Um, and um, you you touched on it also. It's just like, hey, if they typecast you as something, it's not necessarily wrong to be typecasted as long as there's work there. Um, so Tanya does a really great job of like knowing that the Asian American community. Um, that are more kind of reliant on the more classical form, written art, um, books, and like that kind of sense. Her 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 context and networking with the city, with local governments, um, both here and in Korea and in other other Asian countries as well too. She knew what her network was, and I think it's it's really important to know. It's like, well, who are you gonna, like? Because other, I, I would I would imagine, as an actor, as an actress, um, other. Other roles can be afforded to you once people know of your work ethic. So they need to know that you're good at the role that you are in um, and the roles that you've been given um, so that you can be in the room when other when other roles can be more afforded to you. Um, so I'm going to use an example that I really love. Um, Danny Trejo. So really great, really great, um, uh, really great guy within the community. Um, in terms of the acting community, and he has a really great, like, he has a really great story on his own. Um, because, like, kind of growing up, he was in jail, and then once he got out, he's just like, well, let me take these acting roles. Um, and he got successful just basically, basically paying a thug. Like, he played a gangster. Yeah. Um, he even teased that, not really teased, but he actually even said, it's just like, there was like a gangsters are us type, type thing that was going on in Hollywood <laughs> at the time, that when they wanted, like, a group of gangsters... Like there was a production company that was just that was their entire role was to if you need gangsters in your film, you just go to our casting department and we'll cast all your gangsters. Um, and he was a part of that. Wow. Um, so he was asked. Gangsters are us. Yeah, I don't know if it was really that, but basically it's like that's what they needed in Hollywood at the time. A lot of gangster roles, and he was part of that. He was part of that um, casting department. So. He was asked one time by um, like just some some um, some editor in some magazine, like more hip magazine, and like or, or maybe even a college. And she basically says so like, "Well, Danny, like, how do you feel like being always typecasted as like the low level, like Mex- Mexican American, like very like like and and kind of like protruding that stereotype 
um, within Mexican Americans as playing this typecast like Mexican thug. And like his answer was very simple. He's like, it's good work <laughs> because he always gets work. <laughs> so like, it's like he'll have that. But then like you, you see like, like he became a leading man because he knew, he knew his role at first and that got him through the door. Then he met other people, other directors, and then like you know he got started. Like he was like he was he had he had um he had a walk on role in like Spy Kids, and it's like how is like a gangster thug gonna be in Spy Kids? But he was there, and that led him to become Machete, um which was what which was one of his leading roles, and then led to other non like gangster Mexican roles within Hollywood um down the line. Does he still play it? Yeah, yeah because again it's good money, and he knows the type that he plays. Uh, I think a lot of people. And kind I think of, that yeah. also that Go ahead. also yeah. pays in plays in pay your dues. <clears throat> yeah. Like, yeah. Go, sorry, didn't mean to interrupt. No, but like you're <laughs> right. It, it it goes in paying your dues because if you don't pay your dues and just just get the roles that are given to you, you will not know the casting type that that's a part uh, that's a part as a poet and as a spoken word artist. There are people out there that like you're a slam poet, but then the slam poet's just like, but I want to do this, but I want to do that. I was like, do slam poetry really well. And it's not like and this is only an encouragement. Whatever you end up doing is fine. It's your dues. You pay them, but a, but a lot of times you find out what you're good at. You find out what 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 like what your um what your line can be, by okay, let's just do this, and let's just keep doing this until I'm super excellent, perfect at it, and then people recognize it, and I can actually monetize it, and then we can start. Um, then we can start uh, metamorphosizing myself into the artist I want to be and the artist that I think people will start to recognize. Not that I have everyone's attention. Another really great example that was uh, that was told to me was basically the story of Lady Gaga. So Lady Gaga's no. Lady Gaga's really great artist, but she went hard pop. Like she knew it's just like okay, the money's in pop. The like the like everyone is noticing pop music right now. So as much as she was a very distinguished artist. She went pop because she knew the money was there and she knew the mm -hmm. fame was there and she knew that if I wanted to get people's attention, especially in Hollywood, I need to do pop. And she did it. And she did it for a very long time until she was recognized and known as a pop artist. She made the money. She made everything. Now she has a nest egg. So it's like I can start investing in my own thing. I can start transitioning. Now that everyone has my attention, now I can start transitioning into the artist I want to be. Then you get stuff like, what was that movie with, with Bradley Cooper? Um, Star is Born. A Star is Born. And it's like, wait a minute! I thought Lady Gaga was a pop artist, but the thing is, we wouldn't have, we wouldn't have wanted to notice her unless she had that pop artist pay your dues. And now she's like, I can do whatever I want now because people are recognizing me as an artist, as a professional. If I went into acting, people would be like, Can she act? I'm like, Well, she knows she can act, but she paid her dues enough so people would let her act. Mm -hmm. And now, A Star Is Born comes out, and now it's like, Oh, Lady Gaga can act too. And now she doesn't have to pay as many dues in acting and not have to convince people that, you know, I can act. Another really great example that's kind of opposite is um, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Like, <laughs> The Rock. Like, have you seen some of his early movies? I know that he started in wrestling. Yeah, he started in wrestling. So he started in wrestling. He became a wrestler. He knew how to do a really great uh, promo in wrestling. And he was a great entertainer. If you ever get the chance, watch some of his early movie work. Like, like what? Do you know the titles? The Rundown. Um, Rundown. The Scorpion King. <laughs> oh, I've seen the Scorpion King. You've seen the Scorpion King, right? So, mm -hmm. like, see these movies and see how he acts in these movies. He is... What's the word I used that's kind of safe? Crap. He's crap. 
<laughs> like in those movies, he's not a good actor. We're, we're starting off on a good foot as being a Christian podcast. This is a great start. <laughs> but he's not good. So you watch the movies, and not that good. And I, I mean, I warned you. I still, I'm entertained. The Scorpion King is a really great entertaining movie. It's an action. I movie. feel like still to this day, The Rock is someone who, I mean, he's no adam driver in terms he's of no acting, adam driver he's no but adam driver. he's he's just entertaining mm-hmm. and that's why i still go to watch his movies mm-hmm. and i still am i still like them like hobbs and shaw with um jason statham mm-hmm. like they're like they're just the type of movies that you want to watch when you just want to turn your brain off and not oh, yeah. to, not think so yeah it serves its purpose mm-hmm. but and that's the thing as well too like no one would have given like the rock that he paid his dues because they showed him like, hey, like I'm a professional. I'll be on set every day. I may not be a good actor, but I'll get better. Honestly, there's some really good roles out there, like with with The Rock. Like I think he did, um, um, what you call it? That there was one that he did with um Mark, um, what's his name? Marky Mark, <laughs> Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, and he did I was about one... to say Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah, no, Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> he did a movie with Mark Wahlberg where they were like, like, um, I think that they were they were like gym buddies and stuff and he was he was he did really great in that role um dude i remember like watching him in his first disney movie the tooth fairy and i was like oh, no, the, <laughs> well the tooth fairy he also did the game plan and he was like his, this is really wholesome but at but also he was getting better at acting and i think that that's that's the thing as well too like paying your dues in in any form and craft this is like you have you have to get past sucking because yeah. as much as you're like, I have a lot of talent, that's great, but you still suck. Like, you might, like, have more talent than the person that never wants to get on stage. That's great. And you're willing to get on stage. That's fine. But both of you, the person that gets on stage and the person that doesn't want to, both of them suck. <laughs> Once you get on stage, you're getting better already. But you have to, you have to get through sucking <laughs> sometimes. Yeah. And some people don't realize... Like even for me, like like even the stuff that I'm doing right now, there's a there's there's a certain portion of suck in it that I have to endure and get better at. But and I think like and we we could talk about this right now too. There's two forms of the sucking. It's like like I'm gonna suck and I'll keep getting better at it, or I'm a perfectionist. <laughs> this, this is a great. This is great sucking. Yeah, it's like great. <laughs> yeah, it's like I'm gonna suck. Sometimes you're gonna suck, but you're you're okay. Be self aware of your sucking and get better at it but then there's also sometimes like the sucking that's just like like i suck so i'm never gonna do any work until i'm perfect at it and you'll never get there and i feel like a lot of people are just like i just want to get perfect it's like no you have to suck (laughs) you sometimes have to suck and like once you suck you can you can know how do you get better and i think here's a hot take here's one hot take and I'll, i'll 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 throw it back to you but like i think I think as as talented as you are, when you first start, you have to admit you sucked. Oh, like, for sure. Yeah. So when I you think start, I'm, I'm yeah. still in the sucking phase. Mm-hmm. For sure, in but, writing, acting. Yeah, and yeah. and that's fine. That that that's fine in that regard, like to suck. But you have to know it's like I'm always I'm gonna suck. Oh, here's here's another thing too. Like I want I want to hear your take because um, um, I already mentioned it that sometimes people are gonna suck, but do it anyway and then other people are gonna like it sucks so i'm not gonna release it so i'm not gonna do anything until i am perfect so what's your what's your take on it like should people do the work but suck at it or wait until they're super good for them to start like where do you well from my life experience i've always 
done things even though I sucked at them <laughs> because I like I enjoy putting myself out there but um there is there is merit to waiting until you're you're more ready and but there's also that point of you're never going to be ready like you're never going to be perfect you're never going to be an expert mm-hmm. at your craft like I'm just going to take it as an example. Tom Hanks is one of my favorite actors and I and someone whose career I try to copy because I feel like when you're entering something, you should always find someone that you love and just see what they've done and mm-hmm. try to copy what they've did. They've done. So if you look at Tom Hanks, like he started out on these like low budget kind of raunchy comedy films. Yeah. And then eventually he made himself he made his way to Forrest Gump and castaway and toy story like you you have to because you never know mm-hmm. so get your feet wet go out there yeah do your do what you love don't care about what other people think to an extent where it hinders you from doing your craft care about what they think if it makes you better mm. but nice if it doesn't if it just keeps you from keeps you hiding then don't listen to them uh, what's the Christian word? Screw them. <laughs> Forget them. I think I should have just forgive said, them. Forget forgive them. I've been saying that a lot. They do not know what they do. There you go. I've been saying that a lot. It's like, man, f them. Forgive them. As a Christian, it's like forgive, forgive them. them because they don't know yeah. that that's actually hindering you from, from a very from from like the um the sanctification process. If I if I can get a little like preachy. But it's like, and the idea of sanctification is supposed to be like, you're always supposed to get dirty. What sanctification does, it's like, it's the sink or what they call like back in the, like the Old Testament days, the laver, which is basic. All it is, it's like, it's just a golden sink where you wash your hands because you've been out in the field all day. You've been at home all day. I mean, man, COVID people know. It's like, if you go out, when you go home, wash your hands because they got dirty. They might have COVID. But if you wash them, if you wash them, then you're clean again then you're back in quarantine because you cleaned yourself. So it's kind of like, I agree with you, like 100%. It's just like, sometimes you need, like, sometimes you just need to wash your hands. It's like, okay, you try to give me advice, but really you're just telling me to stop. And I can't, yeah. I'm not going to stop. At the same time, I, I just just to be a kind of devil's advocate, like, if you know you're, like, there's, there's, a, um, there's a difference between doing your best and sucking and sucking just to do it. Because some people, they suck because they know they suck. So they don't try their best at it, if that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So they're just like, oh, no, it's like, no, give it your best. Know it sucks. So don't wait. And know that just like, well, this 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 work is just going to live the way it is. I did my best on it, but I also have to move on. Um, That's exactly how I, I approach writing, mm-hmm. especially. I know there is no way in God's kingdom that this first draft is mm-hmm. going to be east of eden like Dang, it's not okay. going to be perfect like you have to write i think john green have you heard of john green he mm-hmm. wrote um fault in our stars yeah. and he said well i have to i have to christianize this it's fine <laughs> his language but he said write your crappiest first draft like when you when you when you sit down and you look at a blank page tell yourself this is going to be the worst writing that i've ever done in my life but write it anyway and mm-hmm. then get it out. And then, because you cannot edit a blank page, you cannot edit um, the words that are not there. So get the words out 
and then it something will happen where the good words will be able to come out. It's almost like like picture picture a barn, right? I, I don't know how barns work. I don't know if this metaphor is going to work, mm-hmm. but it's it, it's working in my head. Um, there's a lot of manure, right? But you gotta get the manure out <laughs> in order to find the hay, the fruit. <laughs> Can you make a better metaphor? For me? <laughs> you, you, you have to. Oh my you, gosh. Um, you have a get the bad things out in order to let the good things in. Yeah. No, to let the good things out. You know what? I suck at metaphors, so <laughs> I'm just gonna I'm just gonna stop. Right how now. about we just say? How about we just say? Sometimes, sometimes to become a, sometimes to to make your own publishing company, you have to play a dog. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not that's not what I'm trying to. I'm trying I know to, what you're not trying to get. I'm just trying to like. like <laughs> you have. To, I'm trying to bring it back. To, you have to you you have a piece of rock. You have yeah. a rock, and it's dirty. And you have to pound at the rock in order to find the diamond. Hey. Is that how diamonds are made? Diamonds are not made by pounding rocks, <laughs> but I know what you mean. Oh, my gosh. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I understand, like, like sometimes you have to go through there. So, um, I mean, like, this is, the, so, yeah, I mean, to kind of summarize everything that we've been talking about, like, like you you do have to go through a process and what paying your dues really is is just like you have to do the work you have to do the work to get from where you are to where you can be to where you're meant to be um whether that means like playing roles that like that will lead you to to other better roles uh playing roles to find out what your typecast is so like you can so you can play those things and and be in the room whether that means like you have to suck on the mic a little bit and open mics so that you don't suck when you're actually featured like sometimes we we have to really go back and just say okay we need to pay our dues to get better at this and they think like i guess to sum- summarize all of that i think sometimes we forget that when we want to be good at something that we have to be bad at it for a long time um at least for some time if that makes sense you know, yeah you know who's always good at everything Adam Driver. Driver. <laughs> and on that note, thank you so much for listening to our first official Quenta Quenta podcast. Oh, man. That's great. I thank you, KP. Um, I hope you tune in next week because KP will be sharing his story. Um, oh, am I saying wanna, it? <laughs> do you want to? you want to give a preview of what you'll be talking about oh yeah well i mean i don't know if you've ever heard the time where i slept with two hollywood actresses no i have not (laughs) and i think that would be something perfect for our christian audience (laughs) to stay tuned (laughs) stay tuned for next week because kp will definitely be elaborating on that because i want to know more he has not told me this story so (laughs) I want to, my first question would be, why two? <laughs> why not three? Wait, okay. wait, hold on. Wait, what? <laughs> that, that's your first question? <laughs> your first question is like, why did you want one more? I'm like, what the? Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> this is a, podcast is sponsored by. <laughs> this is a good podcast. Well, thank you so much for tuning in. 
um, what's what's a Filipino word phrase that we can teach our audience real quick? What we're gonna do? Okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like. Well, we can teach them what cuento cuento means. What's cuento cuento? Yeah. Cuento means just story, and Filipinos we like to say things twice because once is not good enough. Yeah, it <laughs> emphasizes the story. the importance of it when you say cuento cuento. <laughs> Cuento, cuento. Like, mahal, mahal, mahal na mahal kita. Mm. That's another word. Never did you, mind. Did, did, you, did you say that to your Hollywood actresses? Mm. No, it wasn't that kind of relationship. <gasps> okay, don't give it away. Don't give it away. <laughs> I, want us, I want them to still okay, have okay. time to tune in. That's all good. Tune in. All right. Tune in. Thanks. All Bye. Right. Have a good one. God bless.